Hey everyone, good morning, Wilkinson here. Today I am in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, visiting my son David, his wife Meredith, and their two sons, Henry and Jack. It's a great place. Their home was built by a ship captain in 1834. It's a very large house on a very large property, and I have my own carriage house apartment to stay in while I'm here. It's it's pretty great space. They've redone everything, and it's a really cool space, and I overlooked the pool and some beautiful grounds. So anyway... I decided, hey, might be a good idea to interview David if he'd do it, if I could talk him into it. And he reluctantly agreed. I'm recording all this before he comes up here to do the podcast. So that's the background on it. I've got portable equipment here, so it's probably going to sound a little bit weird while I'm on this trip. Maybe a little echoey or something like that. I don't have the booms for my mics or some of the things to soften some of the sound, but I think you'll get the drift of it and it should be fine and it should be fun. So here we go. I'm going to record with him in just a bit. Good morning. Wilkinson here. Today I am with a special guest, David K. Wilkinson. Who's that, you wonder? Well, that's, he's my middle son. It's a little bit strange interviewing a family member, but I thought this would kind of be fun. And I wish you all could see the expression on his face right now. <laughs> but anyway, say hi, David. Hello. Glad to have you. Glad to be here with you guys. Thank you for having me. All right. So why do I want to interview you? Mainly because I think it would be interesting to share things from different perspectives and also because I think you have a great story that's worth sharing. Now, from my perspective, I've noticed that a lot of times someone just saying something to someone or seeing a movie, reading a book can change somebody's life. And I don't know if we have the same perspective on what I observed. So that's why I want to talk to you about this. So my memory of you is in high school, none of my sons were particularly into studying. I think you were included in that group. And then one day you watched a movie and it seemed that things absolutely did a 180 and turned around. So is that your recollection and what happened? I don't remember about a movie. I definitely... Jerry Maguire was the movie. Oh, <laughs> maybe. You remember now? Yeah, that could have had something to do with it. I mean, I definitely sucked as a student i didn't try and didn't apply myself at all and then i mean i don't know if it was just that movie but it was cool and sort of got me on a maybe it got me on a plane of thinking about what i wanted to do in the future well i saw it pretty cut and dried but again that's your perspective and that's mine it seemed like you saw the movie and you said i want to be a sports agent that's my recollection recollection of it no i wanted to be cuba gooding jr you did <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you're not black, <laughs> so that's going to be that's not going to work. So anyway, so you decided you needed to go to school to get where you wanted to go, correct? Yes. So what what was the path you took on that? I don't remember the time frame, but I went to community college and then got a transfer, automatic transfer to the University of Washington Business School, and then from after graduating there, I went to law school. And where'd you go for that? Uh, I went to California Western, which is in San Diego. So I moved after college to San Diego. And as I recall, you said, oh, I'll be back to Seattle. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, I probably said that with a wink. Oh, you did? All right. So needless to say, you never came back to Seattle. You were in San Diego, what, about 10 years? 15. 15. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Time flies. And on the drive down there, I remember it's the first time I ever heard you drop an F-bomb as we uh -oh. were driving up the grapevine near, before LA. And 
my car got stuck with a trailer across three lanes on the grapevine and there was a bunch of trucks coming straight at us. Who was driving? I'm trying to remember that. Was I driving or were you? I don't remember. It might have been me. But you almost got off under the shoulder. I remember that. The trailer was kind of sticking out into that one lane. Yes. And of course, the trucks were coming, gunning it. Yep. And it was pretty scary. Yep. So. But we made it. The moral of that story is, have your, well, actually, I think when we got you that, uh, what was it, an Explorer? Yes. Yeah, I think we did have it checked out, but anyway, it needed a new tranny. Yeah. That was fun. Yes. Took a couple days to do that. And then you went down and you landed in Hillcrest. Yep. Which must have been a fun experience, you being straight and you being in a gay area. It was fun. I remember the apartment you stayed in and the lady, you think I dropped an F-bomb? She used to swear like a sailor. (laughs) (laughs) What was her name? Inez. Inez. Yeah, she was quite the character. Yes. She was what, in her 60s? At least. And she had a boyfriend, a living boyfriend, I recall. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. And I remember one day we were all talking, I don't know if you remember this, but she said, talking about the tenants there, she said, yeah, a third of them are gray, a third of them are straight, and a third of them are confused. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah. All right. So you went to law school and that, how long did that take? Three years. And then you you did have in mind to be a sports agent, though, at one point, right? Yeah. When I was in law school, I sent out letters to every professional sports team looking for an internship. And I got, I think, two letters back saying, no, thanks. <laughs> and the rest ignored you? Yes. Which, in hindsight, is probably pretty good, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I remember a conversation we had a couple of years ago, and I asked you about that, and you said, Basically, sports agents are babysitters for all these sports stars and stuff. Um, I've known uh, some sports agents and others, friends of friends who are sports agents. And it's a lot of babysitting, a lot of traveling, um, you know, going them out of the media in a bad way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's if you get a star, but the chances of you getting somebody who's going to be successful is pretty low. All right. So that idea didn't work out or you moved on, then what, what did you do? For a year, you worked where? Well, I started doing, I started clerking for a attorney who did um, family law stuff and criminal law. So I did that. I worked with him for about t- two or three years. And then after law school and after working with him for about another nine months to a year, I went and worked for an insurance company. And that was a fun experience. Uh, it was about a five-month experience, and fortunately, I met Meredith there, so it was definitely worth it, and I had health insurance, which was nice. Oh, cool. Then you said to yourself, hmm, what else can I do, or something like that? Yes. I was not, uh, didn't want to stay there, so Scott and I started thinking about how we can go into business together, and... And who is Scott? Scott Finkbeiner is my longtime best friend and business partner. And between the two of us, we only knew some family law stuff. So that's why we started a law firm doing that, which one of us knew a little bit about. Hmm. And how that work out? So far, so good. And you have how many offices in Southern California? Four. Four. I'd say that's doing pretty good. Although you live in Massachusetts. So I think we might need to do a little time out here and talk about you living about a block from Mission Bay and you selling that house 
much to my dismay, because I loved riding the beach bikes over there down on the beach. But anyway, you moved to Massachusetts, then what? Yep, so Meredith is from Massachusetts, and we decided to move here, because we had Henry at the time and one on the way. So we planned for about two years or so, and I set it all up to where we could just open up another office here. And that's what we did when we moved here in 2014. Did you pass the bar here when you were in San Diego or did you come here and then pass the bar? I don't remember that part. I didn't need to pass a bar. So I, oh, you didn't? in Massachusetts, I got to wave in. So if that's, I so that's to, like a reciprocal thing. But they don't, they don't, California yeah. doesn't let people in, but Massachusetts will let people anywhere that you've been an attorney for five years and then some other requirements. So I'm not well, sure if we would be here right now if I had to take another bar exam. <laughs> oh, come on. It sucks. You're pretty smart. Come on. All right. So that brings us to your boys. I was thinking about that this morning. And you're a great dad. I'm super impressed with it. You're always doing stuff with the boys, which reminded me of a story when you were, I think, 13, we went fishing. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yes. We went trout fishing up in the, Cas the foothills of the Ca Cascade Mountains when we were in Seattle. And we caught some trout, but you didn't want me to kill them. Yes. Which is surprising seeing how much fish you eat here now. Because <laughs> you're in Massachusetts. But you don't have to kill it. I know. But anyway, I think I told you one other time, that was always a regret of mine that I didn't take you fishing more. It's really good to see you with the boys because you're always doing stuff with them. And you're a really great dad. And that, that feels great for me. That's very nice of you. Thank you. But I enjoy it. You do? Yes. All the great kids. And super, okay. super smart. How old, how old is Jack now? Seven. And Henry? Nine. And they're writing like novels at the kitchen counter, practically. <laughs> <laughs> so I told Meredith yesterday, I think both of them are going to, they're going to write novels at some point or do something like that. We'll see. So... What has been one of the best things about being a dad? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that are great about being a dad. I mean, you can have somebody who relies and depends on you all the time that even though they're getting older and they want to be, especially Henry now, he wants to be a little bit more autonomous. And then you get those moments where he just, you know, comes up and says, I love you, dad, and gives you a hug. Very cool. So what's on the horizon for you? What... I mean, I think both of us are Leos. I'm what? You're August 13th and I'm the 18th, which means we have a little entrepreneurial thing going on in us. So what? what what's next for you? What are you doing? Well, surviving the next year is my short-term goal. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. I Sometimes we set five, 10-year goals. So eventually I'd like to retire, but I don't know how feasible that's going to be. Just keep doing what I'm doing. Hmm. Life's good. Why you say you have to get through the next year? Just because life is what it is post-COVID yeah. or what? Yeah, I mean, it, well, the kids are involved in a ton of stuff. Uh, you know, how many this, baseball games this week? Uh, seven. I remember a lot of those, but I don't remember that many. And you only have two, and we, you know, we had three. So, wow, that's a lot of games. Yeah. What do you like about living in Massachusetts versus San Diego? I like the seasons. I, I think that, um, you know, when fall comes around, it's a nice change from being hot. So I like that part. It gets a little weary as of like, you know, March from the winter, 
we've started doing winter stuff now. So doing skiing and that through the winter definitely helps. Um, so it's not so boring through the winter time, but I like the change of seasons is good. Um, there's a lot more opportunity here in terms of things to do that don't cost a fortune. As an example, like if you want to belong to a golf club in San Diego, you have to pay, I don't know, 30 grand or something for an initiation fee. And it's either nothing or like a very small amount here. That's just one example. But I think you have a lot more opportunity to do things here. Hmm. And Meredith's family's here? Yes. Is that good? Yeah, they're great. Uh, her parents live like 10 minutes away. They're, they're great because they don't, you know, it's not like they just stop by and are in your business all the time. They have their own lives and do whatever. So it's, uh, they're not intruding ever. And it's nice to see them when we see them. Um, and they help out as we need them to help out. So it's, it's been good. Any plans to go back to San Diego? I'm going in November to see you. I'm not in San Diego. I know that's both places. Yeah. <laughs> so how about, I mean, you worked for a long time with Scott in San Diego and now he's there and you're here. How's that worked out? Uh, good. Uh, as good as it can. I mean, we miss each other and we talk every day or at least every other day. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not quite like being in person. So that part's been a little bit tough. But from a, you know, business standpoint, it's been, it's been better because we have, you know, another main income group here. So instead of, you know, now we have two instead of one where we're, you know, right. working in the same office in San Diego. So you've kind of divvied up duties between you? Yeah, I get, yeah, more what, or less. What do you do? <laughs> Besides your stuff here, you're running, I mean, doing regular attorney stuff here. I, I just do managing people and reviewing things and solving problems and putting out fires and doing billing and paying the bills and all that stuff. Well, it seems to be working for you. All right, we're going to switch channels here. So I've started this podcast two months ago. Uh, obviously, a lot of my audience is gay. A lot of them are middle-aged guys, such as myself, that were married, got divorced, came out, blah, blah, blah. So I'm curious, let's talk about me coming out to you. There was in 1999. How did you take that, really? And you can be honest here. <laughs> I can be honest? Yeah. Uh, I'm a big boy. So it's nothing shocking. One, I was very surprised. Uh, I didn't expect it at all because you, um, you didn't seem to me like the typical gay guy that I had met in the past. Um, or that you saw in sitcoms. <laughs> right. Yes. So that I was surprised. Uh, two, I was happy for you. I mean, it's, you know, to me, I just, you want everyone to be happy. And, you know, if that made you happy and that's what you wanted to do, that was fine with me. It, it was just surprising. Uh, but I was already, if it was 1999, I was in, I was almost done with college. So, right. um, it didn't really affect me that much. Right. So I was ha just happy for you. Well, you realize that was a huge gift to me, right? What? That you took it that way. Oh. Because well, when, when guys come out and, and, you know, I was in a gay father's group leading it for a while in Seattle and I heard all the stories because a lot of times the ex-wife will turn the kids against the father and they, the kids don't speak to them sometimes ever again. So that's sad. Well, I am a divorce attorney, so oh. <laughs> I have I have heard that story before. Oh, you have? Yes. So you've, you've had gay dads on there? 
Have you, uh, have you represented some? Yeah, it is, but it's not just being gay where people turn kids against other people. It has, Oh, a, it's a part of the divorce. Process. It can be a, a, can be many different reasons that they do that, but it's horrible. So do you remember, we talked a little about that years later and you told me a little something because my recollection, I think we met at Burger King when I came out to you, right? Taco time on ta- 168th. I was a taco time. Yeah. Okay. That's a correction on my memory back then. Okay. Uh, so taco time, Really? I thought it was 196 it, that Burger King. Oh, 196. Yeah. Because I was living in Mill Creek at that, um, okay. the greatest apartment of all time, F-107. <laughs> <laughs> so what I recall you telling me was, I asked you about it because you were like very accepting, but you told me later because I had called you the day before and made an appointment with everybody, because for those of you who don't know, I did the, what my friends call the scorched earth policy, like boom, came out to everybody in like one day my whole family. Um, but you said you thought when I made the appointment and I had to tell you something, you thought I was going to tell you I had cancer and I was dying or something like that. Do you remember that? I do remember that. (laughs) So that I told you I'm gay and you go, Oh, okay. (laughs) Good. So that's pretty good. So note to future people coming out, just set them up to think you're dying or something and then (laughs) drop that on them and they'll be like, Oh, great. That's an easy way to do it. Huh? Yeah. Hmm. Well, we have, it's, it's, uh, we had about three minutes to go, so we got to fill in some gaps here. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Let's talk about you. Uh-oh, what? What's been the best part of your trip here so far? You've only been here a few days. Just hanging with you guys. It's, it's been good. I've really missed you guys because it's been four years. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen you in uh, San Diego because, you know, you come there for your annual Christmas party, except for during COVID, and... I would meet you there and hang out with you, with you, but Meredith and the boys weren't here. So it's great to see your creative thing, both of you, what you've done on the house. And uh, for those of you, because you can't see it, we can't show it to you, but it's an 1834 ship captain's old house. And that's in pretty good shape. And they've totally remodeled it and done a whole bunch of stuff. And that's, you know, of course, I've remodeled, what, 23 houses now? So... <laughs> Oh, we were always moving. And we were always moving. And I have stories, we won't go into that, but some very dreadful ones, like the one on Bailey. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. Let's see. I don't know what year that would have been, how old you were. But uh, Is that the one with the steep driveway? No, that that's the one before that. That was uh, 148. So mm. this, Bailey was the little yellow house, kind of the dumper thing. Oh, and Muckleteo? Between Everett and Muckleteo. Okay. Where I went over the night before... And I, the light was flickering on the ceiling. You probably don't remember this. No. But I took the chainsaw off and chopped the ceiling down. And I had like debris about a foot and a half on the floor. And we were moving in the next day. <laughs> Your mother almost killed me. <laughs> oops. But yeah, oops. That, that was probably the worst property I've ever bought. And it's the only one I've lost money on. <laughs> but I only lost like $2,000. So it wasn't bad. That's not bad. But anyway, getting back to you. Uh, I I was just gonna, I was just gonna tell you about the, your good parenting on the house, the one after that, which was the steep driveway where I learned to ride a bike Uh Oh, and you guys (laughs) just said, just ride down this hill. So the, the, it was a very steep driveway and a very busy street at the bottom of the driveway. And about halfway down, it turned off to the left and there was a carport for somebody's house. Was that ours? I was our carport. Our carport. Okay. Below. So I was. Uh, you told me to just ride down the hill and turn left 
<laughs> and go into the carport. And I didn't know how to do brakes yet. So I would ride down, turn left and slam into the carport to stop myself. <laughs> and if I didn't do that, I would have gone right down into the street. Huh. And I, we, I made it. We wouldn't be sitting here today, probably. Yes, oh, well. I made it. But that reminds me of me on uh, rollerblades going around green light because that's how I stopped, but not in a carport. I would go for a tree or something because I didn't know how the <laughs> brakes worked on rollerblades. But anyway, fun memories. So what is one of your best memories growing up? Definitely being getting to go outside. So back then, you know, getting older now, unfortunately, but back then you guys would just say go outside and we'd leave in the morning, probably stop back in for lunch for a little bit and then see you at nighttime. And we would just go play. We would go in the woods. I had friends in the neighborhood that we got to go, you know, see whenever we wanted all summer long. Uh, a lot of outside time, a lot of sports outside. So it was. So you're talking about mainly the 163rd house in Linwood? That yeah. One? I mean, that's the most. Yeah. That's the one I remember the most. Oh, and that brings up something else because you, you had friends back then that are still friends with you now. Yeah, pretty much I mean, all. High school, you're how old are you now? You're going to be what? 45, I'll be 46. Whoa, you're getting old. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. But anyway, you're, you're good friends. They're still in your life, which I think is really, really cool. Because I, I don't have that. Of course, my parents were so much that <laughs> yeah, I couldn't keep track of anybody anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this, I was very fortunate to have um, Pat and Chad and John Hauser Tony, which we nobody's heard from Tony Luanga in uh, 25 years, probably. He really? He disappeared off the face of the earth. He's he's somewhere. I think he's in San Diego or something, but he doesn't talk to his family anymore either. Wow. So, Tony, well, if you're you, listening, give us a call. Speaking of that, you can say, give a shout out to Patrick because he listens to these. Oh, <laughs> he, well, Patrick doesn't have a life, so. What? <laughs> Just kidding. Patrick, you're going to have to get even with him for that one. Did you, if you interviewed Patrick, ask him what his nickname is? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to go up to Seattle in the fall. Maybe I'll have to do that. The nickname. All right. We're not going to share it, right? You can if you want. I mean, right now. Oh, let him. Yeah, his nickname is Dipes. Dipes? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Like Dipes he'll, or Dipes? You'll have, to, you'll have to ask him about that. <laughs> okay. Patrick, email me. I want to know. Or text me, one or the other. All right, David, any parting thoughts? Um, be good. Have a great day. This was way easier than I thought. Of course it is. I'm easy to talk to. Come on. And you thought I was crazy asking you to do this, but I really wanted to do it as part of my trip. So thank you. Cool. No sweat. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.